The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. It's the fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and touchdown. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. (laughs) Well, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Dog, sitting yet again with my buddy, Kyle, the Coach Duggan. How you doing, buddy? I'm here. I'm here. Kevin's not here. I, I don't even know if it feels weird anymore. It's just... I feel like it's like a monthly <laughs> Wooly and Kyle episode. Well, I you know, it's a nice change of pace being able to just have a conversation with one person instead yeah. of bouncing the ball. I've got I'm like looking at screens going like and then what you say and what you say <laughs> and so it's like yeah. I feel like I'm at like a horse track like I'm like <laughs> watching the horses. Come on, Seven. Come on, Kyle the coach Duggan. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, folks, uh, we've got a few things to talk about this episode. As always, we've got a Craig experience lined up and we've got a bolt history lined up, but first and foremost, let's talk about OTAs folks. We are seeing players show up, uh, and one of the players that has shown up that has not typically in the past shown up for OTAs is the big man himself, Joey freaking Bosa. Joey the Bear Bosa. Is in the building, folks, or out on the field, whatever you want to call it. He is out there, and uh, I think it's Ty Noel. Ty Noel. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right. He's the one that takes a lot of the pictures of the Chargers when they're practicing and stuff like that. And he took some pictures of Joey Bosa with Mr. Khalil Mack. God, so scary. Man of Shevitz, man. It's like now that you're <laughs> finally seeing these guys together, yeah. it's it's all coming together, man. <laughs> Adam, why do you think if you why do you think Joey decided to come? Well, I mean, we've kind of talked about it on previous episodes that like this is that opportunity to kind of create that relationship that you're able to yeah. uh build upon that. And with so many new faces on the defense. Joey Bosa is a team captain. Like this yep. is that opportunity to like, all right, I'm the team captain. I got to represent. Let me go out there, shake hands, kiss babies. And that includes yep. Khalil Mack, right? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what communication they had before, but I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. He, do you think he was even planning to come? And then he saw week one max there. He's like, oh shoot, I got to get back. I got to get there. 
I don't know. I mean, I, part of me thinks that. Part of me thinks Staley like might have an influence on that. You know, the Staley is, as we've seen in previous media, is the guy that likes to have one-on-one conversations with these guys. Likes to have yeah. very personal relationships with everybody. And there very well could have been a personal conversation with Joey Bosa that said, "Hey, you know what? I know you don't normally come to these things, but it would mean a lot to me." Your yeah, coach, maybe something like this. So, or it's just, I don't know. This is this is Super Bowl year, and they can feel that it. Could and be they it can too. sense yeah. it. You know, like they're like this. There's something different here. This is special. I got to go be a part of this. It's gonna. I don't want to go to OTAs. It's way before the season, but I there's something special. We got. We need to make sure that all of our our T's are crossed and we're ready to rock and roll by the yeah. time Week One comes around. Yeah, and I mean, and Joey Bosa just is kind of the glue of that. I mean, you've got Derwin James, who's, you know, he's he's got the secondary yeah. down, and he's been there at right. the OTA. So, Joey Bosa, I mean, there's a lot of new defensive linemen oh. specifically, so it's like, yeah. that's that's that group. Like, it's almost a... <laughs> he's almost the only familiar face yeah. of that group. Like, otherwise, it's, for the for the most part, it's kind of new. I mean, you've got Fajoko and Merrill still there, but I mean, the big guys, the the first stringers, like so far, it's like that's a whole new group for him to get to know and and build a relationship with. Yeah, all the leaders are there, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. Like they all showed up. Mike Williams even now is out there in week two. Yeah, Jerry Tillery, Jerry Tillery showed up, right? He did show up. Yes, I did yeah. He, he felt the heat. He felt the <laughs> like, oh, He's like, oh shoot, there's a lot of guys there. I definitely screwed up. Here we go. All right, I guess Book I'll go. <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to be the only one. Um, yeah. yeah, no. So that's great to see Joey Bosa there. Um, and then there was a, a hype video that came out here recently, as we've seen from the director, he has posted hype videos the past couple of years and they are always awesome. They're really well yeah. put together. Um, really good. usually with dramatic music, this most recent one, it wasn't so much. The drama wasn't there. But it was a hype video. Like you, it was a hype video. Yeah. <laughs> there was no need for drama. It's like get the yeah. drama out of here. It's time yeah. to get hype for some of these players. And uh, just a, a shout out to the director for for including all the different podcasts, um, kind of dropping little bits here and there. And I'll, I'll recreate it because I I I I was in <laughs> Bulldog Star. I was in the legacy uh, hype video, and my my line was. <clears throat> Kyle Van Noy <laughs> and scene. All right. Star. That was it. That was, that was my roll claim. To fame. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> Let's yeah. Roll the credits quick. Yep. I need to go out on top. Um, but if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, the director, like I said, and you can even probably check out some of his, I mean, he's got he, guy posts a ton of content, first of all, Yeah. but go check out some of his other hype videos for the Chargers because all of them, including this most Goose recent bumps. one is just so freaking good. So, yeah, they're fun. Um, so thank you again, uh, for, for including yours truly on the, uh, on the hype video. Um, and then, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow, Friday, is not just the release of this podcast, folks. It is the release of what are they calling it? The the mega <laughs> they call multiverse. it a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crossover episode of yeah. all of these uh charger podcasts coming together and our very own Kyle like the a, Coach Doug and got to go. It was like a round table. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh Chargers Unleash hosted it. So if you want to watch it. 
head over there. You can find it on their YouTube and on their podcast. They're going to put it out as the awesome. collaboration episode, whatever it is, one that comes out today. Uh, but Chargers Unleashed, Locked On Chargers, the director, um, and I, I don't. I think that I think those were the ones that were there. Oh, there's got to be one more. Let's see. Chargers Unleashed, the director, Locked On Chargers, charged. and Guilty yeah, as Charged. Yes. Yeah. 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 So all of them, it was, and it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of charger, a lot of charger talk. If you, if you can imagine. Good. I mean, yeah. yeah. Can you give us uh, a, a sneak peek about like, what, what was the, was there a hot button issue? Was there something that was like, kind of got everybody like, yeah. Ooh. well, we talked about um, our, our anticipated like impact player of the year. We talked about Justin Herbert, if we're going to see regression or if he's going to continue to grow um, statistically, what it's going to take for him to win MVP. Mm. Um, we talked about surprise cuts and who we think might go. Mm. Um, talked a little bit about the schedule, the games that we're excited for. Um, and then out of nowhere, the infamous Dutch oven quote was brought up. Stop by, it. No. <laughs> yeah. You have to go watch. It was at the very end. Oh, it was man. at the very end. They were like, by the way, Kyle, <laughs> the whole Dutch oven thing. Come on. <laughs> Like Words it was even around. your question. You just like yeah. you you took it and spun it into something better. So <laughs> yeah. The wow. words getting around that we're just the goofball <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, if the shoe fits, I guess. Yep. So um awesome. Well, go check it out, folks. It's a me- mega crossover event of all the Charger podcasts uh over at uh, Chargers Unleashed. Um, go go check it out. I'm I can't wait to see it now that yeah, I know good. that it's gonna it's worth the listen. It's gonna end with a Dutch oven question or quote. <laughs> yep. So um, all right. Well, it, the one place that you can go that you won't find anything about Dutch ovens is over at chargerchat.com. <laughs> For now. For now. <laughs> we'll see if we can work no it promises. out later. Uh, but go to chargerchat.com. Check out all the cool stuff we've got over there. T-shirts, hoodies, stickers. Uh, you can chat it up with other members, the other Charger Chatteteers, and ask questions and ask both fam. So go check it out, chargerchat.com. All right, gang. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know them. You love them. It's the Craig experience. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Craig experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Not this time. CC gang. The biggest of salutes and to the rest of the boat fam, what is goody? She got Craig in Texas. Welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. Man, the offseason is rough, particularly after the draft. Uh, When OTAs kind of wrap up, that dead period in between then and training camp, torture. And you know it's bad when the big boys are struggling, like uh, ESPN, FS1, CBS Sports, because they start recycling stuff or talking about things that no one really cares about, like drafts from four and five years ago and comparing them to this year's when there's no way to actually rate that properly because these cats haven't taken a snap yet. But I digress. We do what we have to do to create the content. So thankfully, there are OTAs right now and you can kind of pull from pressers and, you know, have talking points about things that the guys say, sound bites. You do what you got to do to make it work. What I want to talk about today is uh, a little bit of the respect factor. And I know that's kind of a tired narrative 
at the end of the day, what we know is that when a team wins, it'll garner more respect. You'll get more eyes on you uh, and the talking heads won't be able to really avoid you because you'll be the hot topic. Really, I don't even care about national attention in that regard. But there are certain things that really frustrate me that make absolutely no sense at all. And it's almost like a clear bias against the charges. And when I say that, I mean moves like trading for Khalil Mack and signing J.C. Jackson. Could you imagine what listening to sports talk radio would be like? Your shows all over TV. If those two signings had been made by the Kansas City Chiefs, you wouldn't be able to escape it all the way until week one. But the Chargers do it, and you hear crap like Khalil Max washed. I'm sorry, Mr. Six Sacks and Seven Games last year before he got hurt, Khalil Mack. Oh, yeah, okay. Clearly washed. That across from Joey Bosa, as a matter of fact, uh, check this out. Now, you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of PFF. When it comes to statistics, enunciate. They do a good job. Now, when it comes to rating players and their performances and their grades, different story. But moving right along. How is it that two top five pass rushers aren't getting the recognition that they like really just talked about glowingly the way that they should be? Now, amongst our fan base, we know exactly what that means. You would think two undeniable forces like that would be creating more of an uproar in the rest of the media. But I guess it is what it is. And then you go off and you sign not a top 10 cornerback, but a top five guy. And he ends up being an afterthought. Yo, whatever. So with all that said, what I really want to dig into is kind of my thoughts, you know, those way too early predictions that everyone makes that almost never really pan out except last season if you remember correctly before everything got kicked off i predicted that the charges would sweep the chiefs and it almost happened and i am brought back to the trauma of thursday night football which i was in attendance for and uh travis kelsey's overtime touchdown sorry i needed a second all right i'm back But look, this is the year it happens. The Chargers are winning the AFC West. I'm calling it. No worse than what? Um, an 11 and 6 record? 11 and 6, 12 and 5. I can absolutely see it. I don't have to go through all the signings. We all know that. We'd be, you know, again, recycling information that everyone already knows about. So let's move over to the second spot, which I think is a coin flip between uh, Kansas City and the Broncos. And I don't think the Broncos are getting enough respect. They had every piece you needed, offensively and defensively, for the most part. They just lacked the quarterback because for some reason they can't draft him. You know what they can do, though? Rent Hall of Famers. And, yep, they went and got Russell Wilson. So you take Russell Wilson and you add him to a very solid wide receiving core. Now you've got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and K.J. Hamler. Why didn't that scare more people? I mean, the running back duo is pretty vicious as well. Uh, Javante Williams and all of our favorites. <laughs> Melvin Gordon III, as long as you don't give him the ball inside the five-yard line. 
uh, the defense is always going to be solid. They just are. And, you know, Chargers are probably going to have their struggles with them next year because it's just a thing with Denver, especially at Mount High. So I don't think it's just a given that if I'm saying the Chargers are going to finish in first, that the Chiefs will finish second. I don't know that. But what I do know is that uh, the Raiders will be in fourth place. And I'm not just saying that because I hate them. I genuinely feel that way. And the reason why is because, I mean, look at this. Great. So cool. You signed Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. You traded for Devontae Adams. Whatever. Outside of that, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. The reason why I have a little concern for the offense is because let's say one of those dudes goes down. It's going to greatly impact the passing game because they're not super deep at wide receiver. And I know you're saying the same thing about the charges, but hey, having Isaiah Spiller along with Austin Eckler is going to create a more dynamic passing game because both of those dudes are well, we know that Austin is great out of the backfield and you can line him up out wide in the slot and do that. But uh, Spiller was a good receiver out of the backfield in college. So let's say something happens to one of the receivers. And we saw that happen last year, you know, in spurts. And the offense did suffer a bit in the passing game. But when you've got dynamic running backs, you can help to alleviate that problem. So it's a little bit different for us. The Raiders, on the other hand, uh might have a little bit of a running back quandary coming up this year. I can't remember homeboy's name from Alabama. That's their primary back, but they didn't pick up his fifth year option and they drafted a cat from Georgia. So nine times out of 10, this is Buddy's last year and they're either going to run him into the ground or he'll split carries. But uh, I mean, they're not as dynamic as what the Chargers have. So yeah, to me, the Raiders are the obvious uh, fourth pick. I'm sorry, fourth place team. Uh, I'm not taking any credit away from Kansas City and, you know, saying that they may not finish second. But, you know, you got Pat Mahomes and you got Andy Reid. So you always have a chance. And it's not just a given that the Chargers finish first. I mean, I'm I'm realistic here. You know, I mean, Chargers truth broker. This is just what I'm feeling. This is what is coming from the brain of Crescio Diamonds. I feel that the Chargers are going to win the division on their way to a fantastic playoff run, possible championship and MVP uh, quarterback in Justin Herbert. Who's with me? You should be. You should believe. You better be believing by now. And they have to play the game. So this is all speculation and it's fun to do. And that's it from your boy. No question from me this week, fellas. You guys behave yourselves. Kev, Coach, Dub D. Watching you. But y'all know what it is, man. It is Mr. Bolt Gang. Oh, Die Hard Bolt Club, by the way. Y'all know what it is. Mr. Uh, Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang, Mr. T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3 over on Twitter, and catch me on my YouTube page, The Flight Deck, charge it to the game. Until next time, boys and girls, y'all take it easy, keep bolting up, and uh, okay, love you, bye. All right, Craig, well, thanks for breaking it down for us yet again. I mean, it is that kind of off-season lull right now we're like we're kind of past a lot of those major trades and pickups and free agent signings and draft and now we're just kind of but that means we're close putting in the work yes we are i think we're 100 maybe less than 100 days away from that means we're close yes training camp is around the corner it's almost summer schools are getting out mm-hmm. football season is among us yeah 
Absolutely. Um, what do you think about his uh, rating of the AFC West? Do you think Chargers are a lock for first place? <laughs> I I do. Yeah, I think we're the I best think team. So too. I think yeah. if we stay healthy, we're the best team. Um, I think we have the best roster in in the AFC West. Now, that's not to say that there are not great teams. I, Absolutely, I think not. that no. there's chances of us getting three teams into the playoffs if we don't kill each other on our way there, <laughs> <laughs> because there's 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 just that much talent. And now it's now it's not a lack of quarterback play, right? The Broncos, it was always like, yeah, it's cool, you got a defense, but you don't have a quarterback that's going right. to win any games. Um, that's still the case for the Raiders. So I don't know what they're going to do. Devontae <laughs> Adams is great, perfect, cool, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, they're. But he can't I, carry I, the team all the way. No, Derek Carr is a, a Joe Flacco. That's that's what he is. <laughs> all right. He, if you have a, an outstanding every position and and defense and special teams and great running game, then Derek Carr can be your guy. Right. But he's not going to take you there um, like Justin Herbert's going to do this year. So right. yeah, I agree. I think we're one. Two, three is kind of a toss-up to me. I, I agree. I think Chiefs could be two, could be three, and, and the Broncos are kind of interchangeable. Right. Um, but at the same time, it, it's so it's such a competitive division that we'll see. We got to win games we're supposed to win. Absolutely. You know, we got the Browns on the schedule. We got the Jaguars on the schedule. Um, I, although the Browns, I feel like the Browns, I don't know why I said that. They're not bad anymore. <laughs> we have the Texans on the schedule. Right. Um, it's just been in my lifetime. It's always been like, oh, the Browns right. are on the schedule. That, That's those nice. were always like the easy... Yeah easy wins, but yeah, yeah, who knows what that's going to be, but, um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with, with downplaying on the Broncos. Like, I mean, I've done that. Like I've been like, eh, Russell Wilson, whatever. And I don't know if that's just because of the amount of guys that we picked up on defense. Like we bolstered our defense so much that no matter what offensive weapons you say are out there, I'm like, yeah, but we've got JC Jackson. We've got Bryce Callahan. We've got you know, uh, Khalil Mack. We've got any Kyle team, Van Noy. Any like, team you match yeah. us up against, we have we have the talent. We have be, weapons to yeah. combat that. Like right. that's not going to say that it's going to be a shutout every game, but that's just like I'm not worried about it. I don't know. There's right. something about that bolstered defense that makes me not all that concerned about even Patrick Broncos, Mahomes. Like, yeah, yeah. The, and both of those teams are a little bit. I feel like in fluctuation still. Mm-hmm. Like they have their quarterbacks, obviously. But new coach in Denver, they're going to have a new system, a lot of new things going on. Like their defense is not going to be as good. It's just not like the players right. are all the same. But with a new defensive coordinator, it, whoever that coordinator is, not Vic, so it's not it's not going to be as good. Right. Yeah, you know. So and then the Chiefs losing. I think the Tyreek Hill departure that's gigantic. That changes everything. That feels huge. That puts yeah. a lot more weight on on Patrick's shoulders to be able to to really really execute because you don't have that. Oh, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Let me just throw this ball up there. Right. I mean, Kelsey's going to be, I think, his his still his main go-to guy. Do you think he's yeah. just going to get double teamed just every play? or or? Well, there's only so much you can do, but I, I just right. think that if you don't have more than one option, Travis Kelsey's going to die. You can't, you can't carry that load the <laughs> entire season die. of 17 games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right, I'm done. I need a break. I'm hurt, I guess. Yeah. Just have a steady supply of oxygen on the sideline for him, I guess. Um, All right. Well, hey, Craig, again, thank you for for popping on and and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. And all the all the insights you bring, because you always bring just bring the heat, bring the heat and you bring great gems. I appreciate it. Yeah. And the transitions Uh, are just continuing to grow. Dude, your (laughs) your media game is getting it's getting a little better every single episode. Yeah. You're getting yeah. more graphics. You're getting the sound effects in. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. So thank you again, Craig. 
Um, all right. Well, now it's time to go on to the next segment. It is Bolt History with Mike Maudlin. Let's see what's in the history books today, shall we? Remember like it was yesterday. In comes this whirlwind, Don Coriel. So see the San Diego Chargers and see spectacular professional football at its best. Into the end zone, Charger fans are witnesses to history! What's up, Bolt Gang? Welcome back to another installment of Bolt History with your boy Mike. And today we're going to be doing a special spotlight on a player. Uh, this player was literally the the man who started it all for the Chargers. And I'm not talking about Baron Hilton because he wasn't a player, obviously. Uh, I'm talking about Paul Lowe. Paul Lowe was a halfback for the Chargers, running back. And he was born uh, September 27th, 1936. And he's still with us, believe it or not. Uh, he's retired now, obviously. And he was a halfback for the Chargers as well. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs of the AFL from 1960 to 1969. He is one of only 20 players who played their entire career in the AFL. He never made it to the NFL. Um, he played college football for the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, he attended Oregon State University and played under Beavers coach Tommy Prothro, who would coincidentally also become a Chargers head coach later or down the line. Uh, in his sophomore year of 1956, he played as a, as a backup quarterback and a running back. While he was playing at o o sorry Oregon State, he caught the eye of a scout from the San Francisco 49ers who gave Paul his business card and told him to contact him once he was done playing in college. And uh, Paul ended up leaving college a year early to go and play for the 49ers. Um, they brought him onto the roster. Uh, and in a preseason game, he was on an end around run and a freak play uh, caused a, a hole to open up. A linebacker came through the hole and smacked Paul hard, uh, so hard that he dislocated Paul's shoulder. Um, the 49ers were also concerned that he was a bit too slight to be, uh, an every down NFL running back because he was only 170 pounds at the time. Uh, so they were worried about him taking the, uh, the bruises and bumps from an NFL season. So they cut him. Um, and he thought, you know, his playing days were done at that point. He ended up going to sell cars for a living. He worked at a used car lot. Uh, and he was, he was not really happy with that. Uh, it wasn't helping him support his new family. Uh, and so he borrowed a car from the car lot he was working at to drive down to Los Angeles to take the test to become a Los Angeles police to police officer. Um, he did well on the test, but when they did his background check, they found out that the car that he had borrowed had a ticket and a warrant attached to it. Uh, and so they arrested him and Paul tried to tell him, hey, that's not my car. And it didn't matter to them because he was the one who was driving it. So they put him in jail. Uh, his mom couldn't afford the bail. And so she had to scrimp and borrow from family members and friends. And she was able to bail him out. But he was devastated. Uh, and he thought, you know, there's no way that uh, I can do anything now. But uh, he ended up latching on, catching on at a, a mail room. Uh, and here's another stroke of irony, coincidence, whatever you want to call it. The place that he did find a job in the mailroom was at Baron Hilton's new carte blanche credit card company. Uh, and he was working there for a gentleman named Frank Leahy, who would eventually become the Chargers' first general manager. Um, Frank knew that that uh, Paul Lowe had played running back in college. And so he asked him, he said, hey, Paul, uh, Paul Baron and I are putting together this brand new team in Los Angeles, uh, and we'd like to, for you to come out and try out for the team. And so Paul agreed to it because he initially thought his playing days were over. He was looking for a better job. 
and so he agreed, and uh, they signed him to a $750 contract. They mentioned that about anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 people had come out to try out for the Chargers. Movie, like movie stars had come out to try out, um, construction guys, you name it. The, the, the gamut of every profession you can imagine. People of all walks of life came out to try out for the Chargers, and only two people made it. Uh, one was Paul Lowe, and I wasn't able to find out the name of the other person who made the team, but uh, Paul Lowe was one of them. He joined the Chargers as a free agent, and the very first time he touched the ball as a Charger, this is why I mentioned this is the man who kicked it all off for the Chargers, um, not literally because he was on the kickoff return team, but he took the opening, the very first play in Chargers history in a preseason game against the New York Titans, who would go on to change their name to the New York Jets. Uh, but the New York Titans was, they were playing in a preseason game. The very first play in Chargers history was the kickoff in that game, in that first preseason game. And Paul Lowe took the opening kickoff 105 yards for a touchdown on a kickoff return. Um, but even with that, he still spent his first five games of the season on the bench. That, le- that season, he led the team in rushing in 1961 with the team now based in San Diego. Uh, Lowe had the Chargers' longest run from, t- from scrimmage with 80, an 87-yard touchdown run against the Dallas Texans. And that record still stands as a Chargers record as the longest run from scrimmage. Uh, he left the team in 1969, and he played nine games for the Kansas City Chiefs on special teams, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl ring with them. Uh, but he was the UPI and Sporting News AFL MVP in 1965 with a league-leading league 1,121 yards rushing and six touchdowns. Uh, in a 14-game schedule. And he was also selected three times as an all-AFL player. He set a pro football record with six games, which he gained 100 more yards rushing on 14 or fewer carries. He has the AFL's all-time highest rushing average with 4.89 yards a carry, which is also a Chargers franchise record. And his career rushing total of 4,995 yards is second best all-time in the AFL. He's also one of only 20 players, as I said, who were in the AFL for its entire 10 years in existence. In 1970, the Pro Football Hall of Fame named Lowe as halfback on the all-time AFL, sorry, the all-time all-AFL team. In 1979, the Chargers brought him into the Chargers Hall of Fame. Uh, Coach Sid Gilman said he was the best running back in AFL history. Al Davis, who is, you remember, is the scumbag owner of the Raiders uh, before he passed away, he also worked as a scout for the Chargers prior to becoming uh, an Oakland mainstay, um, but he was actually a scout for the Chargers before that. So scoring was obviously important to that man, um, and he saw a chance to grab an unemployed running back while building the Chargers first tar- Chargers team in 1960. Um, and. Al Davis once said, I remember that no matter where he played, he always got into the end zone. And that was evidenced by his very first touch of the football, taking it all the way to the house on a 105-yard kickoff return. Um, he had knew he knew of Paul Lowe all the way back to college, or sorry, high school when he played in Compton. He played at Compton High School uh, in Los Angeles, and he knew that he had a really good career at Oregon State before leaving the school a year early to join the 49ers. But like I said, the 49ers cut him. Um worried about his shoulder and his lightweight, but that didn't def- deter the AFL at all because they were looking for players from anywhere, really, because, you know, most of the great players were already taken by the NFL. So they had to kind of like the USFL and XFL are now, they had to kind of go for those second tier players. But some of those guys were really, really good. Paul Lowe was one of them. But anyway, 
he, by the time that the season had begun, he'd gained 25 pounds through a weightlifting program, and he was now a, sol- a solid 195-pound running back with a lot of speed. Um, and so the team was two and three at the time, uh, and Sid Gilman started him against Denver. Uh, and Lowe helped key a turnaround that saw Los Angeles win eight of its last nine games to win the Western Division. Uh, and he finished with 855 yards, which was just 20, 20 yards less than the AFL rushing champ, Abner Hayes. But you have to remember that Paul was on the bench for five of those games. So imagine what he would have done with those extra five games in the stats. He probably would have beat that guy by more than 20 yards. Uh, And Sid Gilman said he was the best running back in the AFL over the 10 years that they'd existed. Uh, He had speed like Gale Sayers. He could cut and he had a great change of pace. Uh, They liked to use him on a quarterback toss with Ron Mix running out in front of him. Uh, where he could go outside uh, and he had speed to the outside and he could beat anybody around the edge, but he didn't have great hands. So they threw him the short stuff that he was able to be able to catch. And he turned a lot of those little passes into huge gains. Um, So his stats kind of slipped in 1961, but he still led the league with nine rushing touchdowns and the Chargers reached the AFL title game only to lose to the Oilers for a second time. He missed the entire 1962 season with a broken wrist but returned in 1963 to pair up with Keith Lincoln, uh, who was another outstanding running back in Chargers history. Um, but Lowe had more yards than Lincoln, uh, 1,010 yards compared to Lincoln's 826. And the Chargers won their only AFL championship that year in 1963. Uh, his best season was in 1965 when he rushed for an AFL best 1,121 yards and the Chargers reached the championship game for the fifth time in the league's six years. Um, so you have to keep in mind, the Chargers made the AFL championship game five times out of the six years that they had been in existence so far. They had a great coach in, in Sid Gilman. Um, Paul Lowe said he was a master of a coach, a great improviser. Uh, and if another team ran a play against the Chargers that Sid Gilman liked, he would steal it, tweak it a little bit. And uh, it would it would work. Um, they had a lot of offensive weapons, and they had an offensive line that just continued to get better every every year. But there was a lot of frustration with the Chargers as they lost four of those championship games in 1963. Though Paul Lowe felt that Chargers were the best team in all of professional football, including the Bears, who had won the NFL championship game. Uh, and I always argue that point that the Chargers would have beat the Bears. They both had great defenses, but the Chargers had a much better offense. Um, they were way more explosive. Uh, their quarterback, Tobin Rote, was kind of a coach on the field. He could read defenses. This is what one of Paul Lowe's quotes that I thought was great. He said he could read defenses like a preacher could read the Bible. Uh, unfortunately, Paul Lowe bounced around between the Chargers and the Chiefs for the final four years of his career. He played just sparingly with both teams, and he finished his 10-year career spent entirely again with the AFL with 4,995 yards rushing, 1,045 yards receiving, and 45 touchdowns. His rushing total was the second highest in league history behind only Clem Daniels. So the man had an incredible NFL career, or sorry, AFL career. Um, But unfortunately, um, later on in his life, he started having some health issues. He's still dealing with, I believe he's still dealing with prostate cancer, but he's still with us, uh, thankfully. And I just wanted to bring his story to light for Charger fans everywhere because the man was an absolute legend while he played with us in the AFL, and he should never be forgotten by Charger fans. Number 23, Paul Lowe, thank you for everything. As a reminder, 
Stay bolted. Okay, love you. Bye. Give it up for Paul Lowe, man. Like, what a what a absolute stud. Like, it was I, meant to be. That absolutely. was uh, that was just there was no way around that guy being a football player. He, he tried <laughs> exactly. He tried. He really yeah, tried. It he just, really went for it. <laughs> looking back, the 49ers blew it pretty hard, huh? I guess so. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, a name that I. I hadn't heard of before, like ha- unless I was looking at the NFL yards per rushing attempt, like I AFL, wouldn't have even yeah. seen that name. Yeah. For the AFL. Yeah. So, um, that's awesome. Really. Thank you, Mike, for, for taking a look at Paul Lowe and, and giving us a bit of insight into a, a charger player. Who's, yeah, I mean, if you held a gun to my head, I wouldn't know what that guy's name was. So. I'm like, Paulo, you mean, you mean Rob Lowe, right? Yeah. yeah George Lowe, <laughs> the, the voice of space ghost, right? Like that's who we're talking about, but no, um, Mike, thank you so much for, for taking a look at that and yeah, diving thanks, in. Um, and I think that's going to do it for us here at charger chat folks. Uh, any, any final thoughts there, Kyle? No, I hope Kevin enjoyed his vacation. Yeah. Hope there was no, uh, Dutch ovens for him in the, in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> probably got a couple from hopefully his kids, but yeah hopefully he bought uh bought a tube of sunscreen too hopefully he's not uh yeah. boiling red when he gets bad but yeah. uh all right well I, that's gonna do it for us here charge a chat folks don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad any place that pause was for kevin k love you bye <laughs> pour one out for kevin k love you bye <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.